listeners. Hello. How you going? This I don't know. Like, can they answer? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Rhetoricals just like straight off the top getting uh, me confused. That's podcast 101. Like, mm. speak to the listeners as, as if they're really here and ask mm. them rhetorical questions. I've, mm. I've done my homework. Um, also, mad warning at the start of this episode. This is another classic evening recording sessions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, brew that chai latte and just sit back on your porcelain throne and enjoy <laughs> whatever it is we're about to talk about <laughs> yeah nestle into your uh, razor themed beanbag oh and, yeah uh, gamer beanbag if you will <laughs> and uh and hang on i think he just wants to stay in here it's all right he can stay in here he's welcome He's, he's welcome. He's basically he a permanent guest on this podcast. He, at this point, yes. I tried to shut the door, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. How, how are you doing, man? How are you doing? What's going on? Have you been playing any video, video games? Bro, I've been, there's been a lot going on and I've been playing a lot of video games. So I'm in Melbourne. I am back. I'm back. Uh, you know, there were flights. There was driving and we're here and we've got our dog um, oh yeah it's wild it's a wild time uh to be alive but it's really cool we're like opposite carwin sellers and oh it's just it's so good um even if you don't drink alcohol because they've got heaps of non-alcoholic stuff and it's really good um it's so living that thornbury life again exactly exactly like across the road from my favorite cinema in melbourne it's just uh-huh. it's fucking awesome yeah. um yeah so it's kind of been this whirlwind of, of craziness but uh yeah i played a lot of games since we we last recorded so um dad and i melted diablo yeah on so like, you finished it you did everything you can oh, do oh Got my every god piece of purple gray and green gear you can get in the game good gosh so it was just like we we're on torment 5 or something and we just melted diablo like it wasn't <laughs> like he was a joke yeah and I, and I was just like what is going on like the balance in this game is so demented um but yeah like we talk about just good to sit down and have a blast and have a chat so uh yeah yeah. yeah. you know it 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 did its thing yeah Um, was your dad calmed a little bit by the end the sort of you know oh no um, no 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 no. he's ever hyped for more oh my god so like i didn't manage to get a recording but his wife came up to like have a peek and yeah, she yeah. just couldn't stop looking at him. You know, she was, <laughs> she came up to check out the game, but she was just looking at him because he was like so voracious in his passions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was pretty funny, but yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't calm down. Like from that very first drop until like beating Diablo, he was just a maniac. Yep. Well, I hope that the um, thrall has released him with your leaving of, of Byron because I don't know what he's going to do when you're not there. Like, what's the plan? Is he going to go <laughs> in on Diablo 4? Is he going to take up some sort of, like, uh, waifu game on the phone like I have done in the past? Like, what's going to happen? Oh, my God. I don't know. But I'm glad I took the console with me 
because that oh yes yes that could be end of days for that household <laughs> if I left the console <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and and so I came off the back of Diablo three, and um, Slay the Spire gripped me for a while because oh. um, you know it's just always there. It's always on my Switch menu, and uh, boy oh boy is that game just so much fun. And yep. so, you know, those cards gripped me, but uh, the house that I'm house-sitting right now has a PlayStation 5. Oh, no way. And, oh, Jacob Cohen, that's sick. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they just, like, set it up for me, and they've got, like, the mega subscription. So, yeah, yeah. my dude, no I have been playing some Returnal. And, oh, sick. Oh, my God. It is. I was right. You love oh, it. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Although, maybe you did talk about this, so you can pull me up. But, sure. um, you know, I talk shit about the current gen all the time. Like, you know, from PS1 to PS2, that was a big deal, blah, blah, blah. But, like, PS4 to PS5 and, you know, the Xbox equivalent or whatever, it's, like, not that big a deal, especially yeah. with the graphics. Like, it just doesn't really matter that much. I. Yeah. I didn't realize the next gen experience was all about the controller, not <laughs> not about like how the games run or the graphics or blah blah blah. Dude, the controller in Returnal or like what it does while you're playing is bonkers. Yeah. Is yeah. Uh, did people talk about this a lot on launch because it like blew my mind. Phoebe and I were sitting there and we were like passing the controller back and forth just to like <laughs> feeling the different guns and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. To feel what uh, it did. Like you feel the rain. Yeah. Like I was in the rain and I could feel the rain on the controller. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? I think as far as um, games that have utilized the, the powers of the new controller returnals up there. Um, there's also like, astro's playroom or whatever that comes with the playstation 5 which also mm -hmm. utilizes a lot of really cool controller stuff so if mm. you're looking for like more cool controller experiences go check that out i think it's just like if they don't have it you can just go to the store and get it for free it's just like come comes packaged with playstation oh sick yeah i mean it, it blew me away i was yeah. gobsmacked i was like oh okay this is this is why you're you're forking out those big bucks <laughs> the controller is pretty special um yeah i mean i i did mention the controller in the past i think the two main things are yeah the controller and like load times like you don't mm. really have to deal with loading screens you go through like a ridiculous world altering portal in that game and it doesn't falter mm, yeah um, yeah there's barely any loading like it starts at the start you know you have like a little you know, intro cutscene and maybe a little bit of loading here and there but it's just like yeah straight into the game yeah yeah and, uh, yeah, the way that game starts is exactly how I was hoping it would start. You know, mm -hmm. you get two minutes of kind of expository cutscene or whatever, and then you're playing the game. You're and in it. Yeah, yeah. and they, they've done a, an amazing job at recreating... <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just dying. Um, <laughs> they did an amazing job of recreating that atmosphere of the first Alien movie where yeah. everything feels unknown and dangerous simultaneously but the like the intrigue is too high like you've got to mm. push forward you've got to know what happens but it's really dangerous i love it i think it's yeah it's awesome how far into it are you well i'm like i played it for about two and a half hours okay um but man the runs are long because it's like, like yeah it, it's like a roguelike 
but they've it's really interesting because with a normal roguelike you have all these rooms and you battle the room and then you push forward to the next room and generally you can't go backwards yeah and in this one it's more like a roguelike metroidvania where totally you're you're just unlocking more of the map and you unlock teleports as you go and you'll need to go back to like unlock doors that you didn't have keys for or you know decode some kind of alien writing and then go mm-hmm. back and apply the hieroglyph or whatever and it's it's yeah it's interesting i'm um yeah i'm i'm really liking it in the early game oh, i'm so excited for you to uncover the stuff that happens in that game the, mm. the things that happen and yeah i really like the way that they have applied the roguelike stuff in the story like how it's like you know you die and resurrect and they're like oh i lost you know what's happening here like how how that thing kind of unfolds is really cool right um have you so you've died in it yet or not you're still rolling on the same no no i i died for the first time um Uh and and it was funny because i mean the best part of like an entirely new roguelike game is that you don't know anything like you don't Mm -hmm. know what the power-ups do you don't know what like all the room symbols mean so it's just like (laughs) really fun kind of embracing that confusion but one of the things i came across because you can come across like your bodies from previous runs (laughs) and so i came across a couple of these in my first run and Mm. you can like choose to avenge them where you like fight the monster that killed them or you can like loot them basically and spend some resources to like cut up their armor or whatever but uh yeah the first time i died i walked up to you know my own corpse and it was inhabited by like a creature and it came alive and just scared the shit out of me and killed me. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you get like the um, little cutscene that plays where it's like, oh, the engine fails and then you crash and then you're mm. back on the ship again. You're like, wait, what the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. The, the way, yeah, I'm not, I ain't even going to say anymore. That, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to, play more of that because I, I never finished it but i got quite far right um but yeah it's really cool yeah look another another joe recommendation in the a plus tier list it's <laughs> yes. oh man it's doing me such good that's good we're racking them up baby we're racking them up yeah boy so we're uh we're bar 336 into this podcast how you doing joe uh, this is going to be a long one. I can sense it. I'm oh, already God. sensing it. Strap in, dear <laughs> listener. Remember when we spoke directly to you before, listener? I'm speaking to you again. Oh God, get ready. <laughs> Whoa! I'm not. It's not even my topic this week. I just know that we're doing stuff today. Oh God, that almost sounded like intimidating. Yeah, it is. I'm intimidated. You should be too. <laughs> oh dear um no i'm good i'm good um i had fun friday last last friday i uh had my coffee on my table my desk at home ready to like settle in for a day of work and next to me was like a chair that zeus has just like jumped on and started settling into and as he's settling in he like whoops sorry i moved my microphone as he's settling in he like um rotates around you know how dogs do they turn around before they sit down sure and his uh, butt bumped up against my coffee mug and spilt like an entirely full coffee 
all over my desk, <laughs> just oh. like basically a full mug of coffee and the coffee runs into my mouse and it runs over the mouse pad <laughs> and into the cable tray at the back and I hear the most horrible dripping noise as the coffee, uh, you know, uh, decides to keep rolling down the cable tray and onto the printer below. And uh, yeah, so that was my Friday last week, just like basically disassembling my entire setup to clean it, to buy a new mouse and wash my mouse pad, which probably needed a wash in the first place. Um, so, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's how it started. That's a that's a jaw dropper of a uh, Friday morning. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. I'm not gonna lie. When I saw it happen, I was like, "This is one of those times." You know, this is like, <laughs> you know, when you get tested. <laughs> We've all been tested. You, you've been tested probably more than more, most of us here. But oh this, god. for me, was my test of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Holy uh, shit! But no, it's good. The desk is clean now. Everything's nice and squeaky. It's all. Uh, it was probably overdue. Like I said, the mouse pad was dirty. Just need the whole thing needed a wipe down. So I'm glad. In, yeah. in a way, I'm glad. Yeah. Look, your ability to find the silver lining in any situation is a very admirable <laughs> trait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if it's like Labrador boy vibes or what it is, but there's something in there where I'm. He's trying to make sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've just been chill otherwise. I've been playing some games as well. Oh. I've been playing, uh, I've been playing a lot of games, actually. So I finished that Remy 2. Oh, awesome. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, it was amazing. It was a fantastic game. Uh, mm. I kind of wish that I had have played it on the veteran difficulty and not on Nightmare. Okay. Um, just because Nightmare was just, it's just too much. You know, it's just too much. Um, the, they did a bunch of patching while we were finishing the game where they were like scaling down the amount of health that bosses and enemies were given in three player co-op. Oh, uh, really? Because the scaling was so fun. Like the game was not easy, but it was way easier solo than it was with friends, which doesn't really make too much sense. Mm. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and even after the scaling, it was still tough. Like I ended up beating the final boss on my own. It was just too much with two two people there, because or three people there, because yeah, it's just too too much. Wow, that is so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it's like it it makes sense from like the perspective of like trying to keep your homies alive, like you got to revive them and such. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, I'm just pressing buttons on my headphones, and it's way worse now. Oh my god! <laughs> Give me a sec. What? Why are you pressing buttons on your headphones? These headphones are not my normal ones. <laughs> They're broken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. This is amazing. Okay, I think we're back. Um, yeah, and then, like, reviving your homies is hard, and then, like, yeah, everything's, like, bullet spongy, and everything does more damage to you, and so it's just, yeah, it's just hellish. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool time. The final boss, much like the final boss in Remnant 1, was intense. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to keep playing it, like, with my friends to, like... Um, get them through the campaign and see oh, all the other bosses and stuff. That's interesting. Um, but I'm probably not going to like try and completionist or anything like that. I think I'm just going to, you know, dribs and drabs as it were. Sure. Well, that sounds yeah. good, man. Like from what you've been saying, that sounds uh, like I might check it out at some point. Cause the, my experience with the first one really put me off kind of exploring the sequel, but everything mm. you've said just sounds pretty dope. 
Yeah, I wonder as well if it's more of a... Because I played the first one on PC, and so mm. I, the experience of aiming on a mouse versus aiming on a controller I feel like is much better suited in a game like Remnant. So, hey, take that with whatever, you know, as 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 my form of gently pointing you to play it on PC instead of on a console. Yeah, okay, fair. Um, I also played a little game called Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, shit. <sighs> Dude, this game's amazing. It's pretty <laughs> fucking good, all right? Like, <laughs> hype is pretty intense, but also the game is just real good. Um, yeah, Larian have just done it again. They've just done it again. That They've they've uh, gone and taken the, um, the D&D 5e landscape and just, like, done their thing to it, and it works so beautifully. And, mm. uh, yeah, it's it's... Every time I play it, I'm like, I get to the end of my session and I think to myself, damn, this is a fun game. Oh, this, wow. This is a good time. That's um, awesome. Yeah. It, the, all of the <clears throat> uh, combat encounters are like really creative. The storytelling is fantastic. I mm. think the characters are cool. Um, there's some like little bugs here and there. There's like definitely some not as consistent bits and pieces that that I think just come with a game this massive. Right, um, yeah. They, they account for a lot of stuff in this game. Like, all sorts of things happen and can happen and do happen. And it's just, like, the way that they've managed to keep it consistent, like, 98% of the time is pretty amazing. Wow, that's awesome. Um, So, yeah, Baldur's Gate. I started playing it at work today as well with my office friends or a couple of office people. And the co-op experience is kind of interesting, the way that they, like, resolve turn order and stuff like that. It's way different to the single-player experience. Right. It's like, um, in single-player, it's just, like, classic um, Divinity Original Sin 2 style combat. You just take it in turns with your party members, and there's, like, initiative order, and enemies take their turns. Right, Sort of yeah. linearly, but in um, co-op mode, it's like... Uh, there's like a turn order, but everyone can make their moves at the same time. So you can just, you know, if even if it's not your turn, decide what you want to do on your turn. So you're not waiting for your turn to roll around. Oh, that's awesome. I imagine that could get a bit weird though, right? Because like, I mean, let's say you got a battle going on and uh, the, the barbarian goes last and mm. they run in there and do a whirlwind and... Mm like in the turns that preceded the barbarian moving all the enemies have moved away from that area like what happens then can they just like cancel or are they committed i you know i haven't spent enough time in it to be able to give you a concrete answer there um, right so i don't know um mm. but what i can see you playing it right now on steam what the heck is phoebe playing it yeah yeah phoebe redacted uh... um like gifted it to me and not not for me but just to play it on my laptop because uh she couldn't run it on hers and i gotta say the optimization for uh you know steve shitty mac jobs apple laptop (laughs) it's not bad dude pretty good like this is not like a maxed out laptop this is a baseline laptop and it's like 60 frames on ultra 
Like, yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty sick. I don't know. I was looking at it before I before I came into this room, and I was like, "Is that sixty frames per second? You know, like <laughs> I was just not expecting that on a Mac. But uh, yeah, it runs great. Yeah, yeah. I I had no idea it runs that well on on that lower spec as well. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's a cool setting as well. You sort of start um as like a, a kidnapped person on a, a nautilus mind flayer ship flying through the sky and, yeah. and you meet some people on the ship and the ship gets attacked by these tieflings and yeah it sort of proceeds from there it's a really cool little intro um yeah i'm, I'm keen to keep playing it. i'm like i don't know 22 hours or something like that in and it's um I've, i'm still doing like the first part of the main quest which is like this big goblin camp you gotta go and investigate good lord um but I'm taking my, I'm really going slow. I'm like looking in every box. I'm like talking to every NPC. <laughs> mm, yeah, nice. Yeah, just drinking in the Baldur's Gate uh, goodness. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Hell yeah. Yeah, well, I'm keen to, to hear how everyone's Baldur's Gate 3 experience goes because um, it just sounds like they've, they've put out a, a whopper of a game. They sure have. Um, also, just a quick shout out. We got an, al- an email from Alexander uh, Gonzalez saying, "What is Remy Two? I, keep, I look it up, uh, but it's not. A, is it a movie? I'm not sure. I might be dumb. What is it? Thank you." And uh, I responded saying, "It's actually Remnant Two. It's just what I'm shortening, shortening it to. It's probably my Australian accent causing you grief." And I gave, <laughs> gave them a link to the Steam page. Hell yeah! Uh, Sorry, Alexander. That's how bad. Yeah. Remy, Remy, Remy. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know <laughs> what's going on anymore. Speaking of not knowing, um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I went to dinner with my fam the other night, like when I was still in Byron, and mm-hmm. those motherfuckers just accosted me. Somehow, my grandparents had got their dirty little mitts on one of the episodes Oh, and uh, it was the episode where I couldn't remember that pop star. You know, I you said yes. some pop star, and I was like, oh, I think she's from Mullumbimby. So yes. the person I was thinking of was Iggy Azalea, there, oh, the Mullumbimby yes, yes. pop star who does the song about big butts or whatever. Yes, yes, that makes um, sense. Okay, yeah. cool. And it was really hilarious to me because they all knew it and apparently they were just suffering through me not knowing it on the recording. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I kind of love that. I, You know, I kind of feed on that type of suffering. Totally. Yeah, I listened to that part of the episode back and I was like, we sound like old, old men. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are the kids listening to these days? Ariana Bimbo? I don't know. <laughs> Um, and so I've also got another piece of, of information that I got wrong. Mm. Um, so I, at some point, I can't remember. I talked about Yuka Kitamura, the, the dude who does the Dark Souls music. Yes. Um, so everything I said about them is correct, except, um, they're a woman. They're not a man. That's why when I asked, I was um, questioning their name because I was trying to find if there was any discernible, I can't really tell, you know, Japanese names, um, genders apart. And then right. I used it there because I wasn't 100% sure. So I thought, I thought Yuka was a female's name. So Yeah, yeah. yeah so I th- that I, makes sense. I think I said Yuka was a man. I was incorrect. Yuka is a woman. 
Um, and yeah, otherwise the rest of the info is spot on. She's freelance and, uh, yeah, I hope she crushes it. Totally. Um, hell yeah. (laughs) Thank you for correcting us. Whomstever did that. That's very good. Uh, um, I got some chicken I found here. Do you want it? Oh yeah. I want whatever you've got. I don't even care about the quality this time. (laughs) (laughs) So it's three pieces. One piece is, uh, sort of little bit of leftover chicken wing that we had last week. Um, uh-huh. the next piece is pretty big, um, but it's not, you know, it's not like a massive meal, but you, mm-hmm. it leaves you wanting more. And the final piece is huge. It's like a whole topic. So, <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Lay it on me. All right. <clears throat> this is the short one. Uh, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical has come out. By the time this episode is out, you'll be able to play it, pick it up on Steam, give it a crack. I haven't played it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I will play it. It's just there's lots of other things happening with video games right now. <laughs> this is so, a, this is a tumultuous release oh, window. Yeah, it really is. They picked a tough time. Um, so yeah, go check out Stray Gods. Uh, sounds like a real good time. Hell yeah. Next piece of news. Uh, this is a bit of a tricky one as I'm not hundred percent sure on all of the details so you just have to sort of bear with me here oh okay um but red dead redemption one oh sorry yeah no red dead redemption one is getting a uh ps4 slash nintendo switch release okay. but not a remake have you heard about this yeah i think so and my response was isn't red dead one already out on the ps4 i thought it was too um Maybe it's like a, well, at, at, ver- at the very least, it's coming to the Switch, right? Right. I Maybe mean, it is Red Dead 2. There's Red Dead Redemption, though, so. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's the first game, because everyone, yeah. all, all the discourse, quote unquote, that oh, I saw yeah. was about the first game being 13 years old and that they're yeah. charging 50 bucks for it. Yeah, and... so that's the news story, right? Is that right. They're, they're asking for 50 bucks for not even a remaster. It's just a port to an old console. Yeah, no, I mean, let them port it and don't buy it. Don't buy it. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Uh, Problem solved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I can't remember what the exact statement was, but it was like someone from Take Two was like, we think it's a um, fiscally responsible price point or something like that. You know, it was basically like businessman jargon for if people who are, you know, people who are going to buy this are going to buy this. You know, we don't expect it to be like everyone's going to jump in on this one. That's, um, I mean, that's a hundred percent on the money, pun intended, yeah. because they're just gonna, you know, they're gonna rake that shit in because there's just so many people who aren't vocal who just have just fifty bucks anyway. to throw at a thirteen-year-old port. It's also like Rockstar slash Take Two have done a terrible job of ports in the past, with like the GTA trilogy being apparently a complete nightmare. Oh yeah, I saw the clips from that uh, that remaster. I want to say remaster. I think they yeah they called it a remaster, but it apparently was not. Oh, it looked worse. It was wild. All the I mean, I think it was you know quote unquote remaster, but a lot of it was automated. Like a lot yeah. of the upscaling was automated, and it meant that it, you know they didn't go over this with a fine tooth comb not even close the faces and the body proportions were out of whack it just yeah it looked like a mess so 
Yeah, it's um, I mean, this is probably stale news by now, but there you go. That's that's that piece. There's also another piece of news, and I don't know if this is real or not. This is side news that just caught my attention while I was looking at that news. Wait, are you on a news website right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this stuff from a news website. I've got like my little um, three-piece feed and it's got links and now I'm just looking at the... I was just reading, scrolling down the document, you know, grabbing the cliff notes. Oh my God, this is this is the stream of consciousness take on the news. Yeah, yeah. well, at least this news will be slightly more fresh as opposed to <laughs> that last piece, which people have already probably moved on by the time the pod comes out, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm with you. <laughs> Apparently, GTA 6 is going to have facial recognition in order to be able to buy the game. I'm sorry? To buy the <laughs> so game? So there's rumors floating around that in order to acquire a copy of GTA 6, you will need to uh, have your photo taken and scanned in order to... This sounds like such fake news, dude. It sounds like fake news to like get GTA 6 trending. Like That's what it sounds like to me. Mm, I mean, what is website like, is this? is this? Are you on Forbes, Joe? I'm on sportskeeter.com. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so apparently it's like an ESRB thing. I don't even think it would be like a thing that happens in Australia. But anyway, um, moving hastily along to the final piece of news. What do you got uh, for me? So, okay, let me just jump over here. This thing's on my phone, so I've got to look at it. There was a, a bit of discussion recently happening around, you might've even been aware of this if you're dabbling in the discourse. Oh God. Um, around Baldur's Gate 3 and how it sets a weird or raised standard around RPGs going forward. Did you hear anything about this? Um, no, I don't okay. think so. Okay, so I'm just gonna um, kind of try to untangle it as best I can. Probably going to do a terrible job, but here we go. Let me just take this. <laughs> yeah, great. Can't wait for this train wreck. All right, here we go. So it all sort of kicked off um, or culminated in this in this thread by this um, Twitter user named Rit Nelson, who mm -hmm. is a game developer. Mm -hmm. They didn't work on Baldur's Gate, but they're a dev. They're a dev. Um, Rit Nelson says, like a lot of people, I'm deeply excited about what the lovely folks at Larian accomplished with Baldur's Gate 3, but I want to gently, preemptively push back against players talking, sorry, players taking that excitement and using it to apply criticism or a raised standard to RPGs going forward. You can't separate a game from the process used to build it, so let's look at what Larian is taking into the development and final versions of this game. 1. Dev cycle stretching back to 2017. 2. Two massive games and their definitive editions worth of tech and institutional knowledge to draw from. Three, super successful early access period lasting three years, providing crucial community feedback, bug hunting, and cash flow. Four, over 400 developers in seven different offices uh, around the world, not including outsourcing partners. Five, the license, brand, and world of one of the largest entertainment IPs in the world, which is D&D, at the apex of its popularity with the rise of the actual play movement and a movie. Um, this is a small, incomplete list. Larian is coming into this game swinging, all caps, uh, with a gigantic weight of expectation to deal with, but they're also doing it with an immense amount of wind, direct experience, plus resources, plus speciality, tooling, etc. at their backs. As a TLDR, in an era of mega games, Baldur's Gate 3 is one of the largest attempted, built by a specialized group of people using mature tech, specially built to make this specific game. 
reinforced by invaluable mass player feedback and market validation ahead of its launch. This is not a new baseline for RPGs, this is an anomaly. Trying to do the same thing in the same way, especially without the same advantages, could kill an entire group of studios. If they were, uh, if they go as big or bigger with their next title, Larry and themselves could die. <laughs> this is the risk reward of the mega game. We are an industry dangling elephants over a cliff, pointing at the ones that don't collapse under their own weight as indictments to the ones that do. So please celebrate the achievement represented by Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, it looks like a massive amount of effort is about to pay off in a big way for one of the brightest voices in the medium. But if you shout that, hey, every RPG should be like this going forward, you have no excuse. You've not just missed the point, you've created the expectations and conditions to ensure your favorite creators may never be able to give you the thing you love ever again. Uh, and that's pretty much the end of the thread there. Wow. So I'm, I mean, isn't that just a really long-winded way of saying this game is really good and other games might not be <laughs> as good as this? Yeah, so it's sort of that was what kicked off or sort of led us into this broader discussion about like, hey, why are these other AAA games so shit? Um, and it, 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 the, the sort of um, discourse was like suggesting that other developers are panicking at the release. That was the word that was used, panicking at the release of Baldur's Gate 3 because they are unable to compete with that kind of stuff. What? Yeah. This, this is bananas. Like there, <laughs> is is, bananas. there are shit AAA games every year and there are yeah. like incredible AAA games every year. Like when Portal 2 came out, AAA devs weren't quaking in their boots. Like, what? <laughs> I think it's like, the, you know, the fact, like like he says, like this mega game has done this, you know, they've, they've managed to release a game that has no paid DLC or battle pass or you know, extra content that's locked behind a paywall or, you know, isn't broken on release that put, sort of puts a lot of these other studios, you know, like the EAs and the Bethesdas and the um, Ubisofts to sort of task and to be like, hey, you know, we did this. Why is it acceptable for you to not also be able to do this? Uh, and sort of the consumer being like, yeah, you know, why... Why are we buying this stuff? <laughs> I think is the, like the the pe the question that's being posed. Right. Yeah. I mean, the answer is money. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's that's fine. You can just vote with your wallet, man. That just. Yeah. I mean, maybe I didn't get it, but that sounds some like really asinine shit. Like, I feel like that person just wanted to draw a lot of attention to a long-winded opinion they had. Like, yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm just way out of the loop. But no, like, you're probably you're I mean, you know, Baldur's Gate 3, Witcher 3, like, games like this, sure, they don't come out every month, but, like, they come out every few years and they're huge and they're the best in the genre and that's great and people still spend millions of dollars on Pokemon. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand really what they're trying to say. Like, I don't see anything changing in the way the industry releases games because of Baldur's Gate 3 or in the way that consumers vote with their wallet. Yeah, I think that's kind of the suggestion, you know, like that's the sort of fever pitch hype that I think Baldur's Gate has been generating since its release. It's been like, you know, people are saying they thought 
Breath of no, uh, Tears of the Kingdom was definitely going to be their game of the year. They were like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. And then Baldur's Gate came along and it was like, wow, even better somehow. Um, <laughs> and so there's that part to it too. But yeah, so, you know, there's there's a little bit more to this that I, I, I don't know if I want to go too detailed in, but I guess I'll just start rambling. <laughs> I mean, I would like to know what the deal is because... I mean, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why people are saying this. Like, yeah. I get that it's a thing, but it's like a really obvious thing. And it, it sounds like they're trying to make it into this really big deal that it isn't. Yeah. To me, what it sounds like is like, you know, someone's or some, you know, something trying to like forge a narrative, which like puts conflict between consumer and developer. Like, it's like, yeah, but... You know, there's there's these other studios that have been doing this for ages and they've had, you know, like the, the example that gets trotted out a lot that I've seen is like Destiny 2, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, a really big dev team mm-hmm. that's, you know, got heaps of money coming in because of the way that their content is structured. Mm-hmm. And all they manage to trot out every so often is like a new raid, like once a year and then like fresh costumes, like not even any new level designs or you know, bonus story content. It's all behind this paid pay, big paywall for like, you know, a couple of hours worth of content. It's like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, but so... we've all, we've always known that, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I think get... it, I, I, guess I don't the, get it, Joe. I don't it's... get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe it's f- for these people. It's sort of like bringing it into a little bit of sharper contrast, you know, right. I don't know. Right. Oh, well, good for them. You know, if it ends up with them being a little bit more conscious in what they want to support, then fuck yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and to me, I don't really think, like, I don't, I'm not panicked <laughs> when I see games like Baldur's Gate 3 succeed. I don't really know any other developers that are panicked or worried about seeing this kind of thing. Right. It's like, no, cool, man. Like, great. I can't I'm imagine. really happy for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. I imagine the only person panicking is the person who wrote that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very, uh, it just seems all like quite loud, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. A lot right. of noise, but not a lot of substance, which I guess is what you're saying too. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I feel you 100%. There was zero substance in all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that, there's that whole, that whole angle of the discourse. Um, I don't know. I guess we should just move on. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, you got, you got a juicy topic for me this week? I, I do. But first I got a really weird bag chip for you. Oh, um, all right. Uh, so Gran Turismo, the movie is out now. Yeah. Um, and that's video game news because Gran Turismo has always <laughs> been a beloved yeah sony franchise until recently yeah um and it just released out of nowhere you know i'm into both video games and movies and i had no idea this was a thing until it was already out yeah and uh it is directed by neil blomkamp yeah (laughs) yeah and i just i read i i found this out and i was just shocked i i can't believe that this movie was being made and no one we just hadn't heard of it and then neil blomkamp out of the blue 
I mean, I haven't seen... He did that, like, Oats show yeah, yeah. on uh, Netflix with Sigourney Weaver, and that was actually pretty sick. Yeah, also poorly uh, advertised. <laughs> also poorly advertised. Um, yeah, really cool, like, short films with, like, a sci-fi spin and lots of different uh, styles, different creators. It was awesome. And, yeah, yeah here he, he is doing Gran Turismo, which I, I can't imagine, um, you know, has any of the kind of, like, exciting sci-fi stuff that his other films have <laughs> going on. Whether he succeeded in pulling that off or not um, in, like, you know, Elysium. But uh, he's always gone for ambitious, and uh, Gran Turismo just strikes me as, as pretty unambitious as far as uh, films go. Totally. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe the fact that you haven't heard of this and that Oats wasn't really marketed, and maybe even to a certain extent Chuppy was sort of all, like it flew under the radar a little bit in mm. some respects, is like maybe Neil just doesn't believe in marketing. <laughs> you know, like he saw the success of like District Nine, which was you know like a bit of a culty film, and no one really saw coming. And it did, I think it did okay, right? Like oh, people it, think it's a good movie. Oh, absolutely! Critically and financially, that mill that film crushed it because it just like it came out of nowhere. Exactly, and, I and... think that's the thing. You know, he's like, maybe I want to come out of nowhere again, but he hasn't been able to. <laughs> keeps trying to come out of nowhere you can you can only do it once neil like it's a one-time thing (laughs) so true trying to capture that you know coming out of nowhere magic in a bottle again (laughs) all right well i'm about to come out of nowhere with this topic (laughs) uh we're gonna talk about replayability uh slash replay value i don't I don't know what to title it. Joe, you can title this podcast, either one of those, whatever sounds good. Um, I will do that. (laughs) 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 So the Resident Evil 2 remake put us here. Oh, I was wondering what put us here. That's Mm, very good. mm, Because that has all kinds of weird replay value shit going on. So I was, you know, I was asking myself like, how important is replayability? What gives a game high replay value? Uh, oh my god. Okay, so just a, a, a bit of a peek behind the curtain here. This yeah. is the last of my notes from oh. like a bunch of episodes that I wrote the notes for months ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I've got those questions here as notes. So I've got written, you know, how important is replayability? What gives a game high replay value? Why do we fear new experiences? Who is God? (laughs) (laughs) Who is God is a question. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're we're really going to uh, cut down to the quick in this episode. We're going to answer the big questions. I I like that, you know... Every week, as the wheels are falling off of the podcast, we try to do the hardest part of the podcast. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like we wait until things are just unhinged enough yeah, for it to yeah. all fall apart. Yeah. And then the discussion starts. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, we've That's got what I like. We've got a great format here. Yes, yes. Um, all right. So I've tried to define a replay value here. So what I've got. This is my thesis statement, I guess. Uh, Replay value is the measurement of attraction the average player has to replay a game after it has been completed. 
So uh, I guess the key there is measurement of attraction. Um, but for the sake of like just keeping it simple, let's assume the completion of a game occurs when the credits roll. Okay. Um, so like, I mean, generally speaking, a game with high replay value keeps you coming back. Uh, Slay the Spire for me and for millions of others. Um, like it's it's kind of designed with replay value in mind. Mm. Um, if you stop playing like right after you'd seen the credits, you'd only see the tiniest fraction of that game. Um, the game really just gets going when you see the credits for the first time. You start un- unlocking new artifacts, new cards, so it kind of gives you that breadcrumb trail to go back even though you just saw the credits roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. nice. Uh, what else we got here? So a game with low replay value, this is something that I kind of struggled with, right? So this is something that isn't appealing to replay once you've completed it. And for me, I was trying to think of games that fit into that nook and I was thinking something like The Witness or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that doesn't have a huge amount of, of draw once you've, once you've uncovered the secrets and, and, you know, gone to the end. I also considered The Last of Us, even though mm. I've replayed that. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah. think for me... Uh, a a game with low replay value is a game that's story driven or gimmicky or a puzzle game question mark totally yeah if the Um, puzzles don't change upon the second go around like it's yeah i don't really have much intention of playing portal one over again unless i'm showing someone the game right right yeah and like i replayed portal one recently and it was just because i had forgotten everything it it was over 10 years ago that I first played it. So for me, there are a couple of rooms that I remembered. Um, But yeah, it was just, yeah, it's not like you finish portal and you're like, I want to play that again. When, when I finished Sekiro, I was like, Oh shit, time to play that four more times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then there's also a bit of a gray area with, uh, games like WoW um, or even something like Fortnite where, I, I mean, I imagine WoW has an end to its content, but it's, I imagine it would be a slog to 100% WoW, right? Like the sheer grindiness in that oh. game, th- there's probably thousands and thousands of hours, maybe tens of thousands of hours if you wanted to try and 100% that puppy. Yeah, I, I might be wrong about WoW, but speaking from like a Warframe or something perspective where it's like a servicey game, mm-hmm. like the whole point of, of it is that you just replay the same loop over and over again, um, mm. just with like different music or different skins or, you know, tweaking that core experience in like really minor ways that kind of make it, try to make it novel over and over again. Like it's not like a, you know, I don't think you try to replay the story missions in in any of those games unless there's like some you know gear grind thing going on you play the same mission to like get a specific drop in right. which case that's the whole purpose of replay replayability there which is kind of gross right and that's uh that's what i was seeing in diablo 3 right just right. you you get to the point where you hit that level cap and then so little changes yeah. You, you start that game and you're just like picking up new items and you're leveling up all the time and then you level cap 
and like you start picking up legendaries and they're not even that good because (laughs) you're so optimized and it just kind of starts slowing down to a trickle and then a dribble and then you realize maybe you've got better things to do (laughs) (laughs) but your dad's eyes are wide (laughs) excitement uh, is there yeah Um, the the dopamine was truly flowing oh god um what else have i got here so i got uh replayability as a mechanic um otherwise known as a new game plus this is oh yeah this has got to be the most common enticement when it comes to replayability so you you play through that same experience again but you get to keep all your equipment and abilities um they boost up those enemies enemies are harder they do more damage they've got more health but that's kind of it right and you just either do it because you love how the game feels or you love the world i feel like Mm. that's kind of what brings me back to new game plus um and so we can thank chrono trigger for the Ah. term new game plus I was just about to ask you, and then I was like, maybe Darian didn't look it up. And so I looked it up while you were talking about it. And then I was like, it was Chrono Trigger. And as soon as I read those words, you were like, Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I'm going to sit back. Hands off. I'm, I'm, I'm at your beck and call. Oh, my God. Go, go forth, my son. Do the topic. I'm not here. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, the, the term was coined by Chrono Trigger, but the concept uh-huh. goes further back than that. Oh wow! So we to, got to where? not not that much further back. We're just oh. going back a couple of years. Nineteen ninety-three. Uh, we got an RPG by the name of Lufia and the Fortress of Doom. Have you heard of this? Oh, it's like my favorite game ever. I was three <laughs> when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. hadn't I hadn't heard of it either. Um, and so when you, when you beat Lufia, there was a replay mode and you got four times the gold and experience from enemies in, in the replay mode. And so it kind of like, you know, it's that, that classic core of going back through the same experience, but getting harder enemies and more resources out of it was, was there with Lufia. Totally. Um, Yep. And uh, I, I also found out that Super Mario Bros, as in like 1985 Super Mario Bros, technically had a hard mode. So when you beat the main game, you unlock hard mode. And I did not know this. So I don't know if I knew that either. Maybe somewhere in like the dark recesses of my memory, I remember seeing that, but it's not apparent. Right. And look, I have not played the original Mario Bros. for a really long time. I remember beating that game in high school and being like, hell yeah, but I don't think I've played it since then. Um, and so, yeah, you beat it, you, you boot up hard mode and all the, all the Goombas are replaced by Buzzy Beetles, which are apparently harder to dispatch. And all the enemies move faster. So that's... Wow kind of a new game plus in a way obviously obviously a bit different because i think the term now kind of connotates 
uh, gear and abilities and and stuff like that. But uh, right. yeah, that's that's you know this is maybe closer to all those hardcore kind of games that come out like Diablo and uh, you know Devil May Cry, where the the toughest difficulty is locked until you beat the game. Um, so this might be more similar to that, but still I was, I was interested to see that like, you know, the concept in a way goes back to that original Mario Bros with 1985. I mean, dude, sorry, you go. No, no, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of replayability, when I was playing today at lunch with, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 with the work people. Oh yeah. Um, we came across an NPC that I have in my party in my solo game who I'm like, close with and that i know and we've had like long conversations oh, and yeah. then in our game at work we just killed him we just straight up oh. murked him on the side of the road and then that's it for him his story stops there and i was like wow so they'll just never get to know astarian and like his dark you know deeds and and thoughts and dreams you know like wow. what the heck that's crazy wow that's awesome yeah that that kind of elasticity is scary right if, right. you've, if you've just got characters all over the place and they can be murdered, how do you how do you design a game like that without it just falling apart at the seams every time Dude. you do something unexpected? And it seems so like unsuperficial. Like in my game, I found this like Necronomicon looking book, and I like found the gem that goes in it to open it up. And Astarian's like, "Hey, you should let me hold that book." And so I gave it to him to hold and now he's like super obsessed with it. And it's like this whole like side quest around like this book that, oh you know, God. I could have just not given to him. And if he wasn't in my party and dead, he wouldn't even be there to ask about it. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Are you serious right now? Wow. Um, so yeah, that's some replayability shit right there. Wow. That's Bring amazing. Back. That's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say how wild it is that they just knocked super mario bros out of the park first go like oh yeah what, what the fuck i, I mean i know it's <laughs> you know one of the best games of all time and blah, blah 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 but it's just wild how we do these topics and these games keep coming up time and time again and it's just like man video games feel so young but so old at the same time totally yeah I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like you think about games like Doom mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, McCarmack and um, what's the other guy's name? I always forget. Oh, fuck. Anyway, oh, those, two, those two dudes, they'd been making like shovelware for a little while. You know, they had like some, <laughs> some experience with like making games and mailing them out. But then like the, the moment they decide to go big and like try to do something, they make Doom. Yeah. You know, like most of the time when people decide to make something, you know, they make they make what I made, like Monster High New Ghoul in School or Puppy Barbie Rescue, you know, <laughs> Barbie Puppy Rescue. Like there's, you know, you don't make Doom on your first try. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? bananas, isn't it? <laughs> first try. Or Mario. What what did um, Shiggy do before he did um, Mario? Anything? Oh, bro. I mean, look. Explore the, the forest. <laughs> he fucking explored <laughs> those caves. He's yeah, the caves. look, I mean, he he was, he, he came out with Mario and like he followed up with Zelda, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, dude. Jesus. <laughs> Simmer down over there. All right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, in a time where like beeps and boops were like the common thing for video games, you just come out swinging. You're like, <laughs> oh, I heard you like Space Invaders. How about this though? <laughs> Do you reckon like Zelda came out and some dude did the equivalent of tweeting and he was like, "Look, Zelda is gonna change things for the yeah, industry." Yeah. Like- <laughs> Developers are panicked because now they got to make games that are better than Zelda. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, God. <laughs> the equivalent of tweeting, just screaming in the street, basically. Back no, no, come on, writing into a magazine. Sure. Oh, Surely no, that's no. the equivalent. Um, all right. Uh, hitting hitting the rewind machine to when sure. we were talking about... Uh, what were you talking about? Replay value? Yes. Uh, so, difficulty changes... Definitely. Oh, what are these notes, Jotel? What the fuck? <laughs> We're both struggling tonight. All right. I think I, I'm just going to like, you know, when you're reading and sometimes you get the vibe of the sentence, like you yeah, don't yeah, yeah. read it word by word, but you read the whole sentence and you usually get in there the way it was said because the author stipulates. That's what I'm doing. I'm just, sure. I'm, I'm kind of looking at a glance and I'm going to take the essence of the notes I have. All right, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'll definitely need it. <laughs> um, so I think what I was going for here was how um, difficulty plays into the experience of playing a game that has a high replay value. So right. for me, like playing The Witcher 3, like it was almost a different game on death's march on on the highest difficulty right because when i was playing that through on normal and i played like 10 15 hours on normal and um you know i was having a good time i was really invested in the world and the characters and all that and for whatever reason i was just like it's time to go to death's march and then suddenly i had to rely on potions and scrounging for resources and all these systems that I didn't really have to utilize on totally. n- normal difficulty. Like I just, if I did utilize them, I just melted enemies. It was, it was just a, a, a bit of a joke, but yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know, 10, 15 hours in the Witcher three, I didn't really come across any big bosses or whatever, but still, um, even those like drowners at, yeah. at white orchid or white orchard, however you say that word. Oh my God. You give me flashbacks, but yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, the drowners on the beach in, in white orchard, they, they pose a challenge. You better, you better have yeah. your, uh, your wits across that janky combat. Cause they will, uh, they will down you. The drowners will down you. <laughs> yeah. You sure that's what they do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're not going to do anything else. They're going to down you. <laughs> they're, going to, they're going to down you. They've got, you know, it's just a four-letter word. They've got no room for an extra consonant. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't afford it. Go on. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't afford it. Um, another game that that uh, was much better the second time around because I, I cranked up the difficulty was Bioshock Infinite. Oh, which- no way is a bit of a contentious opinion because that was a game that I remember a lot of people were uh, impressed with when it released. And then over time people got jaded and realized it was kind of not that great. Yeah. Um, But I really enjoyed it on the hardest difficulty. It made things really intense. And then the breath of fresh air you got was the world around you. And 
I hate that game, but you got to admit it's pretty cool being up there in a steampunk sky of sorts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I just they, um, their heart was in the right place? Their heart was in the right place. Um, also, I feel like I'm just totally off the rails rambling at this point. No, and, I like it. That's how I prefer the topics. <laughs> and we're up to bar seventeen hundred and eighty-seven, so I just have no idea. Oh, we're, do, we're we doing very well for time. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, all right, we got some other things here that get you back into that replay grind. Um, one of the main enticements, achievements uh, for past Darian and those of you that indulge. So some of those dastardly games, they lock certain achievements behind multiple mm, playthroughs. Yeah. I'm looking at you, FromSoft. You do it every single game. You bastards. <laughs> um, and I mean, to be fair, those games have a lot of content to explore and enjoy, so it's not very painful going to New Game Plus and beating it again. I've um, never done that in a FromSoft game. I've never really? gone back again. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I've started playing fresh again, but I've never gone to, like, yeah, I'm going to play it again New Game Plus. Bro, you didn't do that with Sekiro? No. Oh, if you ever play Sekiro again, when... and for anyone listening, if you play Sekiro again and you haven't done this and you beat it, just play it again straight away because it is so different when you're yeah, right. familiar with the way you move, the parry timings and the movesets. It's, I mean, the first time you play that game, you play like 40, 60 hours and it beats the shit, shit out of you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Dude, yeah. booting that game up in New Game Plus, it's like a six hour game. You just, Whoa. you just blast through that stuff. And that's like still really enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I was on the fourth or fifth playthrough, I think I did it in like two hours, two and a half Whoa. hours. It's wow. just, it's amazing how your familiarity with that game changes it because you're effectively just running from boss to boss and because you know how they work it's just like man this is so fun like how fast can i do this (laughs) (laughs) sick that's Um, awesome yeah heartily heartily recommend the new Mm -hmm. game plus for sekiro um and then we got a couple of like uh, maybe not as effective um things to get you back replaying one of them is mods oh yeah yeah, yeah. i I think that's a big draw for skyrim like i imagine a lot of the modding community in skyrim have already beaten you know stock standard skyrim and they they want to spend more time in the world but they've already been there for 300 hours or whatever so they're looking for some extra spice dude same thing with like factorio i reckon like once we beat my base game base game factorio i'm gonna mm-hmm. be like time to see what mods they have <laughs> yeah, the mods the mods stretch far and wide for that one mm. that's awesome i can't wait for that um good lord there's so many games and too many. Uh, all right we should spend a bit of time talking about resi resi evil 2 because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that marvelous and meticulously designed game um, so the quality of the level design of that game made me want to jump right back in. I did not care if it was the same character or not. I didn't mm. realize I had other options until I beat it. 
Um, and so I was getting ready to jump back in and then there was, you know, play Claire's story, play Leon's story. And I was like, Oh baby. So the fact that I could choose a different character to play made it even more appealing. And it was, even though I was already kind of sold because that level design is so juicy, uh, (laughs) it was enough of a different experience that I reckon if other players enjoyed their time with the game, maybe they weren't as turned on by the level design as I was, seeing that different story option might be enough to kind of get them to give it a crack. Yeah, and you said that there's like, you know, new weapons and items and stuff that just isn't in like player's story versus Leon's story or whatever. Yeah, it's it's That's quite wild. different. Yeah. Yeah, quite different. Different enemy locations, different bosses, different weapons. It's and they're not it's not long, like it's not a long campaign. And especially after you've played one story, you'll have repeated sections and you already yeah. know what's up, so it kind of speeds those sections along automatically. Yeah, hell yeah. I um I'm a bit burpy because I just smashed like half a tub of ice cream before this episode. <laughs> That's uh, alright. <laughs> so uh, Dishonored Two, it kind of does this with Corvo and Emily. It's oh, yeah, yeah. this the same experience but separate abilities or different abilities, and I kind of dig it. I like this design where you've got dense quality design and you're able to revisit it with like a slightly different context. Um, it reminds me of like when I was doing the role play stuff for Dark Souls a little bit. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Just you know, all right. This this character can't open chests. This character loves shiny things. They've got to equip the shiniest thing they have if they they just picked up something shinier than whatever they've mm. got equipped currently. And that made it really fun because I was you know the game wasn't providing that for me so i made it up but games that do like dishonored 2 and resident evil 2 i think that's uh, i think that's worth applauding yeah yeah totally and so i've got an example of this concept going awry oh my god it's zelda <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can't be mad at resi 2 right they they offer a bunch <laughs> of the same content with a different character in the same game. That's the base game. I paid $10 for that game. I was very pleased. Mm. Um, so imagine for a minute that Tears of the Kingdom was just a play Zelda's story in Breath of the Wild. So you got the same map, different, oh. p- different powers, a bit of debris, uh, debris here and there. Um, and then like, you know... Nine months to 18 months later, you get the Sky Map DLC and then the Chasms DLC. And like suddenly it all makes sense. You know, it's not a whole fully priced game where they've just got Link with a bit of debris. You know what I'm saying, Joe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, I would have loved to have played Zelda as, you know, as opposed to playing, playing Link in the follow up. Uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know necessarily about playing like Zelda's POV, because um, wasn't she just chilling under the castle with Ganon the whole time or something? I can't remember. Yeah, she was. However, uh, you know, the whole Resident Evil Two doesn't care about that. 
It, yeah, it, true. It, you just play through the story as if that character were the main character. It right, kind of right. disregards the other universe where you played through as Leon if you're playing through as, I want to say Maria. It's not Maria, though. Who is it? Claire? Claire. It's Claire. Yeah. Maria. <laughs> I keep... Everyone's favorite Resident Evil character, Maria. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so fixated on Maria. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Mario? Maria? Um, Mario's wife. Maria. <laughs> yeah, classic. It's in the canon. It's in the canon. Uh, um, do you know Mario's dad's name is Mario? Please, Joe. Please. We're at the tail end of this podcast. You can't be hitting me with information <laughs> like that. His dad's name is Mario? That's terrible. Who would oh, do maybe, that? Maybe it's the surname. I might have been getting that messed up. Oh, right no. in. Send oh, us an no. email. It's almost weekendpod at gmail.com. Is Mario's last name Mario? I'm pretty sure it is, actually. I think it is like, his last name. Was Mario's dad's name Mario Mario? I think, yeah. Look, I don't remember right now, and I'm not going to clack on my keyboard, my keyboard so... You know. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, All replayability. Right. All right. Before we sling our microphones into the ocean, um, <laughs> I wrote down a couple of games that I thought were the most replayable games in my experience. And I haven't included roguelites and roguelikes. Yes, okay. Because that's just, they're naturally replayable. Um, Number one, Dark Souls. The replayable as hell. Gonna be playing Dark Souls when I'm 70. I was gonna say 80, but I'm not sure I'll make it. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we also got Hitman, the new series. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely replayable. They encourage yeah. replayability because, um, much like what I'm banging on about with that second Sekiro playthrough, the, the knowledge you gain from the first playthrough is just, it's amazing how much it changes the game. Um, it's a bit more embedded in the design for Hitman, but, uh, same, same, uh, same butter I'm spreading if you catch my drift. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and my final most replayable game is Tetris. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'd play the hell out of Tetris. Right. Again, if we make it, we'll be there. 80 duos Tetris. It's, it's for, it's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, thinking about retirement and like how i'm probably never going to retire but if i do (laughs) um the you know spending time in that assisted living home with like the land permanently set up and (laughs) hopefully all my buddies are still alive and we can play (laughs) games legendary uh yeah we gotta hopefully there's a, a game that's out so we can have a a funeral in the physical world and then in the game world (laughs) <laughs> yeah absolutely that's a topic is uh funerals that happen in video games or like um that's a sad topic but you know, <laughs> homage to people in, in video games sad as hell I what love- a drainer topic oh my god also like epic spoilers <laughs> you know how do you how do you talk about funerals in video games without just spoiling all these mainstream games with epic deaths in <laughs> oh them? no i i mean like uh, not characters that die like um when people in real life die and they do like a little they put a statue up in the game about them oh oh sure 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 yeah. sure 
Oh, I mean, that's, you know, we can, we could make that not so morbid because we could, we could talk about that kind of, you know, that's like expression of emotion. Like if you're playing WoW for, for two years playtime and you've only been playing for four years, like that's, that's going to be very natural for you to, to, to mourn someone in, in WoW by doing, you know, whatever they might be able to do. Right. I and don't on, know. And on that <laughs> note, <laughs> um, that's it. That's all I got for replayable games. Do you wanna? Do you wanna hit us up with um any any games or game that you found particularly replayable? Ah, uh, I'm gonna be real. I don't. I haven't really p- replayed a lot. Um, right. Like I, I've started replaying games. You know, like I started replaying Metal Gear Revengeance. Mm. I started replaying um. Death Stranding, the mm. it was like the director's edition, I guess. Yep. Um, I also started replaying Nier Automata a while ago, and that is a, a, apparently an immensely replayable game. Like it, it does that whole like new game, new story thing. You know, like you see it from a bunch of different people's perspectives. Right, and I didn't, I didn't talk about it because I was thinking about that game a lot, but I haven't played it, and I didn't want to ruin it for me just so i could talk about it but i think you're right i think that game definitely comes into it because yeah there's just so many endings for that game and you have to replay it to see those perspectives you mentioned for like all the endings to tie together yeah yeah and apparently it just gets better and better as you piece together the uh, alternative endings from other characters perspectives and all that stuff so that's yeah that sounds awesome I, i gotta get onto that yeah um yeah anyway um yeah i'm probably going to replay a bunch of remnant 2 like i said at the top of the epi um i do have resident evil 2 just chilling on my pc i picked that that up on sale the other day and i really want to go back in on that oh yeah um yeah that's probably all i can think of in terms of like replay boys but um yeah there's a there's a few out there there's a few out there hell yeah good shout outs all right, yeah. well, well, if you all have been listening and you want to hit us up with uh, games that you've found undeniably replayable, you can shoot us an email at itsalmosttheweekendpod at gmail.com. Speaking of, just like our superfan Pete has done. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I love emails. I love emails. That, sorry, that was really candid. That was probably <laughs> more candid than I wanted it to be. <laughs> Have you seen that video? It's like a uh, a dude bowling and like the commentator like watches the last pin go over. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> I haven't, but I can imagine it. <laughs> it's extremely good. That's what I imagine you were doing just then. Oh, God. All right. Hell yeah. What's, uh, what's Pete got to say? All right, here we go. <laughs> Hi, Daz and Joe. You've been hitting some absolute banger episodes of late with my favorite episode so far being Fear and Hunger. I've mm. listened to it several times, which has made me extremely interested in giving it a go, but do fear for my sanity. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very reasonable fear to have. Yeah, I, you should give it a go, Pete. I'd love to hear what you think. Um, I also checked out the ballapp.net fear and hunger review by daz which was an amazing read so detailed i love to see you both doing a let's play of a game series together doing the commentary to them hopefully horror game genre 
Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. There's a, there's actually a list somewhere um, of a bunch of horror games that I've been recommending to Darian because we used to play horror games during the lockdowns together. Right, so. right, right, right. That yeah, that could happen. We could make that happen. It's on the cards at the very least. Um, keep up the great work, guys. He continues. Uh, Joe, a burning question. After the sour taste of Final Fantasy XV, which I'd love to hear a breakdown on your experience with that gem of a game, I was wondering what would Final Fantasy XVI have to do to get you back in the fold to experience another Final Fantasy game? Whoa, that's a great question. I mean, I I probably can't do a breakdown right here at the tail end because we're over time, but uh, maybe next episode I'll, I'll put that together for you and see if I can dig deep into the the horrible memories that I'd suppressed about how I dealt with hate playing Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think Final Fantasy 16 would have to just fundamentally be a different game. I don't know. Mm. I'm pretty out on the Final Fantasy series at this point. Uh, Maybe there is good stuff in there for me. Uh, Probably is. Um, But yeah, I just have to have like, someone maybe usher me through with like a good entry point of a different final fantasy game i don't know if i'll play 16 probably not to be honest Mm, yeah i'd be really interested to hear that answer because it's really hard to return to a series that has burnt you as bad as final fantasy 15 burnt you oh god um yeah that game's such a pointless game. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I, sorry, I, I come on here, I'm talking about uh, Remnant 1, and I'm like, oh, I didn't like it, it was grey, the guns didn't feel good, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 is, like, uh, just, you know, an ex-partner that set your car <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't... Re- I'd have to go back and like look at footage of that game to remember exactly all of the sins that it had done. But oh my there's, God. there's too many to, to remember right now. You hate it and it's forgettable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I can remember some. Uh, it's kind of come, I'm, I'm looking at it. Well, next episode. Uh, right, timeless right. Games. Pete continues. Timeless Games. I've been dying to ask this question. What makes a timeless game? Oh, shit. I mean, maybe that's uh, maybe that's our next topic. We do have we do have Iron Lung next week, but maybe mm. after that. Yeah, I think we've got a couple of slots to fill in there in the dock, so maybe I'll yoink that one. Yeah, timeless um, games. Ooh, that's yeah, that's getting into interesting territory, right? Because we we talk about timeless games all the time. Mm-hmm. We did oh, this episode, oh, Mario and Doom. We gotta we gotta end this podcast. Did you oh, hear really? that sentence I just said? No. It's, oh god. <laughs> you know I, I've you been blacked it. out for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> oh my god! All you right. said we talked about timeless games a lot on this podcast. Uh, yeah, I think I said time three times. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I'm not sure what's real anymore. Please continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wheels are off, Pete. Wheels are off. I often think on Nintendo when it comes to timeless games, especially visually. When it comes to present time of any era since Nintendo had competition of consoles, usually people say that Nintendo's hardware isn't as powerful. Its visuals are nowhere near as realistic or sharp as what Xbox, PlayStation can produce. Just to throw a name out there, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, but I can't, I, I get the impression that you've been playing some FF16. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear more, but I can almost promise that Nintendo will make another timeless game. And as impressive as FF16 looks, 
I wonder if it can reach timeless status. Yeah, probably not. Let's face it. Uh, for, it seems that other consoles, especially AAA games, focus more and more on realism, which could lose its heart. This is a big topic, but I'll let you continue. Then on the other side, you have indie games that focus on creativity and can produce so much heart. Heart. Uh, Nintendo seem to put limitations on itself, on its hardware power, and on its visual graphics. It almost feels like though that it almost feels like they lose the battle during the present of big game titles being thrown around from other consoles, but Nintendo wins the war in the future, it feels like. That's an interesting point. Mm. Um, it feels... Uh, is it fair to say, with the limitations they put on themselves, that they can fully take advantage of their product uh, to make something truly stretch itself, which produces something special? Uh, I reckon this is why old-school 16-bit music sounds so timeless, because it was pushed to its limit. And they had to make so much limitations, so much with what they could do back then. Um, with so, such little stuff is what I think he's trying to say there. Mm. Uh, that's why indie games have so much appeal because they are limited and can focus on truly being creative with what they got. Last question. Daz, I've been missing a top games list. Would this be a good game, a good games list for you guys? Your number one game per console. Number oh one game per console. Wow, I really have to think about that list. Yeah. And you'd see some weird shit in there. Like yeah. Sonic Sonic would be there for Sonic. Sega Saturn. <laughs> like you really want a, a top video games list with Sonic on it? <laughs> yeah. We've heard enough from Sonic these days, I think. <laughs> uh, amazing pod as always, guys. The weekend can't come fast enough from Pete. Um, amazing email yeah fantastic email um yeah stuff you're talking about there with like um restrictions and limitations being sort of almost it feels as though nintendo sort of put themselves in this situation with regards to their lack of a hardware and you know fidelity on some of their you know flagship systems like the switch and stuff like that like they've always kind of been lagging behind and perhaps intentionally is, is i guess what you're asking to like keep that timeless limitation vibe I don't know. They, maybe. Uh, I, I think it also comes down a lot to like um, th they have a lot of like nostalgia built into their branding. Um, mm. You know, like they've always had the Mario and the Luigi and the Yoshi just chilling and vibing. Um, they can just right. trot those guys out and just put like, you know, even if it's not the most amazing new graphics, just like rehash their design in, in a it's not like a small task i'm not trying to minimize it or anything like that no no let's not can, let's uh, not undermine that but yeah. by the same token i think i mean we're just i don't mean to just cut that topic down immediately but i think mm. what makes a timeless game is games with good ideas right i think that's why there's a an indie scene that's explosive and has like just incredible things that came out of nowhere like stardew valley made by one person hollow knight made by three people they couldn't even afford coffee with that kickstarter budget <laughs> um and i think i think games with good ideas are just gonna stick around like i kind of talked about this with god of war where in that god of war rant from like Three years ago? How long have we been doing this podcast? Uh, no idea at this point. Yep. <laughs> Where it was really impressive, but there was nothing new in that game. It just looked really good. It sounded really good. 
um it it doesn't play better than any game from that year like it, you know it, it doesn't have any ideas that are going to keep it kind of i hesitate to use the word but keep it in the zeitgeist like mm-hmm. mario like you say you trot mario out every now and again but all those games are really fucking different like Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy. Like those three Marios came out in a row and they could not be more unique from each other. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, they're all all still platformers. You know, it's not like they were doing Mario and Sonic at the Olympics again or... I mean, that's true. Cooking or like Mario RPG, which they all do, you know, like we still get that stuff. But um, yeah, them sort of mainline Mario stuff. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. The the core ideas that that you're saying are so valuable are changed up. It's like, you know, Mario is like in 64 case, they're like, oh, this is his first time in 3D. So that was the Mm. novel idea. And then it was Mm. like Mario, but his main thing isn't necessarily jumping. He's got like a water pack. And then it was like, what if Mario, but in space now? Um, mm. But they also like added a bunch of cool little neat sub ideas in that they briefly explored and then dumped like two levels later. Um, so it was like a, almost like a best of, or like a, what would you call it? A, a mix CD with a bunch of cool ideas in it. Oh yeah. Um, That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think it's like you can have. I think you're like pretty close there. I would I would add. I, I think you're really right. I would add that it's ideas, but it's also like, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Spice. Implementation of those ideas. Right. Yeah. Like you, it's it's one thing to like have a cool idea. It's another thing to like actually like make it happen. Um, right. I think you're right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the other piece of the puzzle because you you take a game like Sekiro and you've got that concept for parrying where the entire game is built around it. And if, if they had implemented it in any other way than they did, which is nigh perfect, mm. um, it would have been just sloppy and unsatisfying to play. Yeah, and I think it like just goes to show as well like you've seen a bunch of other studios try to do this sort of like souls formula where there's, you know, stamina bar and it's hard and there's, you know, unforgiving checkpoints or whatever. But a lot of the time they seem to fall short or there's something missing. Mm. Um, and so I think that's like a little bit of that implementation of the idea, you know, like they might have a cool idea in there somewhere. Mm. It's almost like, um, what was that game we played that would had like all the gray and horrible stuff. Oh God! It was you a games wanna, club you, game. You it want was me just to like a Souls game? Irma, Black Irma, oh, Grey Irma. Oh, oh, uh, Moonscars. Moonscars. It's like there's an interesting idea in there about like you know the the way that the uh, that you can like have a duplicate of yourself that's like forged in wax and the waning of the moon affects like all sorts of things, you know, like there was some neat ideas in there, but they didn't mm-hmm. pull any of them off in any, with any panache. It was, it all just sort of felt like lifting of other people's ideas mm-hmm. and mashing them together to try and hopefully find something unique. But, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, yeah, I think there's, yeah, part one is like have a cool idea. And then part two is like execute with, with like some kind of magic suit source, mm. magic juice that gets yeah. you, gets you over the line. Yeah. Hard um, to agree. And so, yeah, I think with Nintendo and their whole thing is it's like, yeah, we've got, we've got the idea. We've got the, like, you know, 
the ideas seem to come all the time and then it's just they've just i guess they've just got a great group of people there that keep executing really well on a bunch of these ideas like zelda being basically reinvented with tears of the kingdom mm. um and i know so... you meant breath of the wild there but i'm not going to pull you up on it what did i say tears of the kingdom mm-hmm. okay yeah i meant breath of the wild <laughs> uh yeah what else have we got here i mean maybe we can dive into some more of this next week i don't know we're running out of time and i'm my throat starting to starting to close over <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> yeah look i'm i'm sliding off this yeah. chair i'm becoming amorphous as we yeah. speak more and more blob like with every passing moment that's right um we've already but done the you. Yeah, yeah. thanks for the email, Pete. That's really cool. And look, every now and again, we have a week where we don't have a topic come to mind. Like, it just doesn't happen. So we may fall back on your game per console. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So we, we may fall back on it. And we may start with, like, just, you know, the PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 5 era. Because if we go all the way back, it's just... Oh my god, you don't want to hear Sonic. Please don't make us talk about how Sonic <laughs> is our game for that console. <laughs> I'm sure we can find something better than Sonic on the Sega. Surely. I mean, Surely. NBA Jam was there. No, we're not doing yeah. this. We're not doing this. Hey. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, do you have any clothing? Th- oh, do you have <laughs> any clothes- clothing left? Oh, no. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Jotal, um, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I do not. Amazing. We hope everyone has a lovely weekend and we'll chat to you when it's almost the weekend again. Hell yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.